What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Brick House segment here at House Call Sports. I'm here with Joe and CISO. My name is Matt, and today we're talking about the NBA champion, Denver Nuggets, and all 2020, all things 2023 NBA Finals. And are we seeing the birth of a new NBA dynasty? But first, I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, and that is Liquid IV. Go get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use your code at the checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code, the underscore house, underscore call, underscore podcast at liquidiv.com. Watermelon Liquid IV is my personal go-to. I lift weights. I got two outdoor jobs here on Maui. I just worked for eight hours in the sun before this. You want to know what I did to rehydrate? Liquid IV. I get three times the electrolytes with Liquid IV and the great taste. So use the promo code and hit the link in the description to go get some. And as you most definitely know by now, The Denver Nuggets have won the 2023 NBA Finals, winning in five games over the Miami Heat, whose Cinderella eight-seed run has finally come to an end. For the Nuggets, this is their first title in their 47-year history, and it mostly came because of their dynamic duo of Nikola Jokic, who averaged 30-14-7, winning the Finals MVP, and Jamal Murray, who averaged 21-10-6 in the series as well. And it was not only those two being dominant, but their entire supporting cast being dominant at times as well. And this was the reason they just ran through the entire playoffs being dominant the whole way. So, CISO, I'm going to go to you first, my man. Give me your takeaways from this NBA Finals and the Denver Nuggets winning their first title in NBA history and their history of their franchise, I should say. Okay, okay, Matt. Uh, First thing I want to say is, man, the Denver Nuggets are here, and I promise they ain't going nowhere. Um, I, I feel like the Nuggets, what a lot of sports media outlets don't cover is the Nuggets is a lot better on the defensive end than we like to give them credit for. Like, they held this Miami Heat team to an average of 96 points a game, man. Like, you're not finna win a final series. (laughs) Not not finna win a final series scoring 96 points a game against the best offensive team in the league. So, we gotta give them credit for that. Also, Nikola Jokic dominated this series from beginning to the end. Like, let's just be honest, man. Like, he was controlling the game. He was dominating in the middle, which is the weakness to the Heat's most successful defense. You know, either they're going to do the sc- the high screen and roll, hit it to Murray, he could drive, or, you know, you double team, he passes. So it was just tough to beat that team, man. That's that's my takeaway on that. And, yeah, you know, Nuggets just played a hell of a series. Yeah, that was it. I mean, listen – the Heat, the Heat had such a great run. I mean, you got to give them credit for for getting there, but they just ran into a team that was better. I mean, the the, the Nuggets from top to bottom. I mean, it's it. The I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it when I go. But their front office deserves massive credit for this team that they built in Denver because it's just a complete team with a with an all time I think all time great star in Jokic at this point. So, Joe, I'm gonna go to you, man. Give me your takeaways from the Denver Nuggets winning their first ever NBA title in 47 years of their history. I mean, the biggest takeaway here is that they pretty much have this core locked up until, you know, after 2025, 2026. I mean, that, and then they still have, I think, uh, Jokic and, and and I think uh, it's uh, Porter Jr. on that roster. And so those two guys are still going to be there. I mean, let's be real. The Miami Heat didn't have the length and the size to match up with this Denver Nuggets team. And, you know, you gave credit to to Denver Nuggets front office for getting this collection of players, you know, getting a like-minded coach, putting a system in that, that really works, you know. And they leveraged their strengths, you know. 
the Miami Heat front office deserves, deserves a lot of credit too, because they have not been having high draft picks. They do not, they they don't routinely draft, you know, very high. You never hear them in the conversation of a lottery pick. Okay, they have found talent every which way they can. The truth of the matter is, is that they the guy who plays the best five on their team is probably a four when you talk about Bam Adebayo. He is going to get out-muscled, maneuvered, and just outdone by Jokic. And it proved every single game of the series. Um, that was the biggest takeaway for me. It was just that the Denver Nuggets' length throughout the entire playoff run was a problem for every team that they went up against. There was no one who could match them defensively that was capable of going length with them. I mean, Michael Porter Jr., you know, Aaron Gordon, Jokic, those guys alone are massive. Large wingspans can cover a lot of ground, hyper-athletic guys, you know, they it, when the effort's there, they're defensively good. I wouldn't say they're great, they're defensively good. They're good enough to, to do what they had to do. And there's very few teams built like the Denver Nuggets, okay? And we do not give Jamal Murray enough credit in this league. We, we, we discredit oh this man. God. Uh, and and you never hear about him. You mm. never hear about Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. No all stars. Like, yeah, I feel like you could no talk about stars. Jamal Murray. <laughs> Jamal Murray to me, I feel like gets overshadowed by how great Jokic is. But I don't see much of a difference between him and Donovan Mitchell. Like I feel like both those guys have a similar mm. style of play. They both can shoot the ball. They both can dribble really well. But one was the star of his Utah Jazz team and has been sought after. And Jamal Murray has had to evolve and kind of live in the shadow of Jokic. And I think that if it was the roles were reversed, we would talk about these two guys the same way. I really do. And you, you think about that. And then Aaron Gordon, you know, everyone just thinks of him as, as a dunker. You know, we don't we don't look at him for, for the kind of basketball player he is. And then Jeff Green. Can we get Jeff Green and Ish Smith some love so in this thing right now? I mean, both DeAndre these guys, Jordan. you know, tons oh, yeah. of seasons in the BJ. NBA, multiple teams and passed around, forgotten, you know, told they wouldn't last in the NBA, multiple other things. I mean, I think like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, guys, correct me wrong, Jeff Green had to have like an open heart surgery as well, uh, you know, recovered from that. And now they're both NBA championships, champions. And they weren't like, you know, just forgotten pieces that sat the bench these guys gave minutes they did things they're they're veteran leadership you know they were there i mean there's a there's a picture of jeff green talking about defensive assignment to aaron gordon through these playoffs you know and and getting these guys engaged so i mean i'm just so happy for the denver nuggets in general i mean denver deserves this they they worked their ass off they were the best team in the west for a reason you know and a lot of people doubted them coming into the playoffs a lot of people i mean Jokic should have been the MVP. I mean, he. We kind of got MVP biased. We kind of got you know sort of like overwhelmed. You know, it was it was recency biased. He had won it twice. Yeah. He should have got the three peat. We gave it to Embiid because of, of the head to head late in the season. Felt bad and, for him. Yeah. We, yeah. And, and it was, it was in the head to head crying in front of the media. Embiid definitely did outperform Jokic, but you know, at the end of the day, everything came together. This team can take criticism. They're not mentally weak. You know, they're, they're, everything they have is perfect for them to be a dynasty moving forward. I mean, they have the pieces locked up. They have the head coach. Nothing's going to change for this team. And you can't build a team. Like A lot of teams built teams to compete with Curry. 
and, and the Warriors shooting all those threes. Now you have to build a team to compete with Jokic in the Nuggets because if you don't, I mean, you can 3 and D all day, but they're just going to carve you up, man. And I don't know if there's a team right now or even with the free agency market coming up for anyone that can really stop them from coming back here next year. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's it's going to be super, super tough to, to build on a couple of your points, Joe. I, while you were while you were talking, I looked up the, the the Nuggets payroll for the next couple of years. They've got Jokic, Murray, Porter Jr., and Aaron Gordon locked up the next two seasons after this one already, and obviously Christian Brown as well. He's locked up as well, and then you got your entire starting five locked up for next year as well. You got Bruce Brown, who was obviously huge for them. Uh, he's going to be a free agent this year, and he's going to get someone's going to pay Bruce Brown because because uh, of how he played. Um, but they've got a lot of that core is is locked up. So this is this is going to be a team we're going to be seeing going forward like there's there's absolutely no doubt to go into my thing listen okay forgive me for getting on my soapbox once again okay and i listen i can't get too high on my high horse because i picked milwaukee to win the title and they lost first round okay so i can't get too oh, yeah, high on my high horse okay yeah but i was always i was always right about denver i was always right about denver i said denver was coming out of the west around christmas time most of the crew scoffed at me okay they said what's different about denver this year as opposed to the last two years and i said help Health was the difference from this year and the two years before. And it's probably the most important thing you can have in athletics. It's probably the most important thing you can have in life as well is your health, okay? And Murray was out 2021 in 2022 playoffs. Their second best player, Michael Porter Jr. played just not, or their third best player, Michael Porter Jr. played just nine games in 2022, okay? So 2023 would be the first full healthy season of Murray, Jokic, Porter Jr., and Aaron Gordon, who they got in 2021, okay? This is the reason Denver was the best team in the West all year. But people got scared away from their subpar last month of basketball and because their team hadn't proved it yet, quote-unquote, in the playoffs, okay? But both of those are cop-out excuses for not picking Denver. They were always flawed excuses, in my opinion, because... The, the they haven't proved it excuse was dumb because the last time they were healthy in the 2020 bubble, they came back from 3-1 against the team that was favored to win the NBA title at the time in the Clippers. Now, I didn't think the Clippers should have been favored, but they were the favorite at the time. And they came back from 3-1 and beat them in the bubble to go to the Western Conference Finals. Then they lost to the eventual champ in the Western Conference Finals, the Lakers in five. But that was when AD was playing out of his ass and hit that crazy buzzer beater three to completely change the series. So oh, I'd man. say they proved quite and sorry see so i didn't mean to bring that up but or so so i'd say they they proved quite a bit in the postseason before this postseason so they were hurt the two postseasons before uh, after that excuse me and then they get to this postseason so and then now we move to saying they had a subpar last month of the season that's why they weren't going to win that's dumb because they literally had everything locked up the entire time of that last month they were eight nine i don't even know ten games up in the western conference once they had everything locked up so Jokic missed some games, Murray and Porter Jr. missed some games, and they lost to some really bad teams, including my Spurs, and everybody freaked out, okay? Where really, if most teams, other than that, like if most other teams, I think people would have seen the context and thought better of it. And I say all that to say this, okay? The only reason this team wasn't going to make the finals was health, okay? If healthy, this was going to be the finals team out West. And it ended up being the championship team, okay? So the Denver Nuggets, listen, I talked about it earlier about how the first four guys were healthy. But I, I and again, I talked about this earlier either. The credit goes for the next four guys and their, and their depth and their rotation, that goes to the front office. They constructed this team perfectly around Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, down to those last four guys, Bruce Brown, KCP, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, all of which had huge games or huge moments to help them win 
in the finals and or in the postseason in general. So this season, this this team was awesome. And Joe, you mentioned it with Ish Smith. You got DeAndre Jordan. You got Reggie Jackson as well on the team and as well as Jeff Green. Like you got solid vets who maybe they're not playing as much anymore, but they're still providing valuable information to those guys who are playing, you know, in the in the games as well, because all those guys have played huge, meaningful minutes you know, down the stretch of an in, in, in important playoff game. So this team was awesome, man. For for people who didn't want to watch the finals, apparently, this was the highest viewed playoffs in the last five seasons. So stop saying you didn't watch the finals because you watched, okay? Everybody was watching I the finals. I love it. And, and, and this team was awesome. So I'm really looking forward to seeing them try to make another run. But that leads me to my next question. Okay, And I mentioned, you know, how dominant, you know, the Nuggets were, uh, you know, obviously the, the entire run, the entire playoff run. They went five versus the T-Wolves, then six versus the Suns, who actually can say they hung in the best with Denver. Uh, and then they swept the Lakers, obviously, and then five versus the Heat. So no series was any longer than six games. They made it look really easy. And even that six versus the Suns, it didn't feel like six. Like, that felt shorter than six. It just Booker and KD went off for a couple games. So, And all these teams that they beat, they had multiple all-star caliber players on this team, on, on, on the teams that they beat. So Denver, obviously, an extremely impressive run. So, Cecil, I'm going to go back to you, man. How historic and how impressive was this finals run for Denver? I would say, um, honestly, I would say this is an historical run as far as if you speak it from a stat line perspective, you know, especially with Jokic passing Wilt as the mo- for the most triple doubles in a uh, playoff run. I think he's, he had 10. If I'm not mistaken, it could be more, but I know he passed Will for sure. I mean, the Western Conference Finals, that the way Jamal Murray was playing, man, it was just insane. <laughs> I feel like, like I said in the previous episode, I got I have to keep stating this because, like Joe said, Jamal Murray doesn't get enough credit. Like he outperformed Ja Morant and Steph Curry, two guards that you would have in front of him. So I feel like it's it's been a historic run, but I would argue, you know, due to, you know, you guys being fans of the game like I am, the Nuggets was the better team in each series. Like they they were they were um, outmatching their opponents in each series. Like no one had an answer for Nikola Jokic. I feel like if AD couldn't stop Jokic. Nobody else could, you know. So I feel like, man, it's been a it's been a historic run for for those guys, and I'm happy for them. I'm proud of them, and I'm glad to see KCP get another win because I'm a Lakers fan. Just got to throw that. Yeah, out. no doubt. Yeah, and, and KCP he he made some huge huge plays, and especially in that game five down the stretch, he made a big steal, made some big free throws, hit a big three down the stretch. Like that just shows you how deep their team is. Like we can talk about you know five six guys and not even get to KCP who made a bunch of huge plays. But to build on your point with Jamal Murray, like you know he outplayed Curry, he or he outplayed John Morant, and then he just outplayed Jimmy Butler in this series. You know he was better than Jimmy. You know in the finals. You know so you know if you have the two best players in a in a finals run, you. Know, you're or in a final, you know, in a final series or in a series in general, you're probably going to win that series. So, uh, Joe, I'm going to go to you, man. How historic was this Denver Nugget Finals run? And just give me your takeaways. How how impressive was this overall run for the Nuggets? I mean, it's it's absolutely crazy to think, right? I mean, you're this the the fact that they didn't go to a single game seven. You talk about some of the greatest playoff runs in NBA history. I mean, you look at like the Bulls when they were had Jordan. 
there was multiple times. I mean, I think that we've all seen the meme where it Jordan and Pippen are leaning. It's like, what's a game seven in the playoffs, man? I've, I have never, I've never heard of such a crazy thing, right? And it's it's kind of something like that. They, they it was pure domination. They very rarely ran into a team that I'd say that they really struggled with. I mean. I was not big on the Suns. I didn't think they had the depth, but they obviously had the talent to make it competitive. Uh, the T-Wolves lacked uh, talent, you know, one through three to compete with with the Nuggets, I believe. The Lakers, I mean, it was an, they were a hurt team. They were looking for chemistry all season. And honestly, you know, we thought maybe they had something going there. And then they had like a complete collapse of their one through three. I mean, like, outside of LeBron and AD, they really had nothing. Uh, that was showing up for them. So it was, you know, perfect storm for the Nuggets, realistically, when you think about how how they matched up with the teams they went up against. But at the end of the day, you still got to go out there and play. And my God, did they go out there and play? I mean, Jokic, like I said, Jokic should have been the MVP this year. He should have he should have got the whole thing, man. He should got the regular season MVP. He should have got the, you know, Western Conference Finals MVP. And he should have got the, the, the Finals MVP. He should have got the, he should have got the triple crown. There's no doubt about it in my mind. That's what should have happened, and the fact he didn't is probably going to go down as one of the biggest travesties of this year. And something that we're going to talk about going into the next year was how rel- how like how deserving was Embiid really? I mean, he had a and that's the thing. It's a great regular season trophy, and we discussed it in depth on this show about that. And I went back yes, and we did. I went back and forth. I was I I. I felt that removing, and I'm pretty sure I said, I said removing Jokic from the Denver Nuggets starting lineup would be more impactful than removing Embiid from the starting lineup. And if you don't believe me, look no further than Game One Sixers Celtics. No Embiid, James Harden drops 40 and they win. Mm-hmm. All right, so I you cannot convince me that even as good as Jamal Murray looked in the playoffs that they are winning without Jokic on the floor. I I, I do no. not see that ever happening. So. It, it, it is definitely historic. The records that were broken in the playoffs, this is going to end up, there's going to be some de- debate of where it ends up, right? And there are some some NBA Finals runs that I was not alive for that people are going to try to bring up. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, outside of some of the Bulls runs, which I did have the, the luxury of seeing and, and remembering, and some of the Lakers runs with, you know, with Kobe and Shaq and, and some of those dominant, dominant teams, I think there's an argument this is easily a top 10 playoff run historically, uh, and I think you can make a solid case for that for sure. I completely agree. I completely agree. agree. This is I agree with that. This is top 10. Yeah, this yeah, this it's definitely top 10. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about some of the other notable ones that that uh that I that I see. So like I mentioned in the intro, like no no series went longer than six games. Like the, they went 16 and four in the playoffs. That means they won at an 80% clip versus some of the best teams in basketball and the T Wolves. Uh, which it, even even though the T Wolves are like dysfunctional and downtrodden as they've been, you know they have three dudes who are all stars in the last couple of years. They got Ant, Rudy, and Cat, and Rudy being a defensive player of the year a couple of times, and Jokic being matched up with them. So they still went 16 and four in the playoffs. And so Mike Conley. And Mike Conley too, who's made an All Star game in the last couple of years. So the T Wolves, even though they're you know they're dysfunctional, you know they've they've got they've still got a, a solid you know a good amount of talent on the team. And you know it might not fit the best because they have two centers, which I don't even want to talk about the T Wolves and the stupid Rudy Gobert trade. I'm not going to talk about that right now. But so the so being 16 and four in the playoffs in the last 30 years, 
the only teams with a better playoff record than Denver are the 2017 Warriors, who went 16-1. That's widely acknowledged as maybe the greatest team ever. The 2001 Lakers with Shaq and Kobe went 15-1. That's one of the greatest teams ever. The 99 Spurs, yep, 15-2. They're one of the greatest teams ever. And then the 96 Bulls. 15 and three. So those are the only four teams that have a better playoff record than Denver. So the 17 Warriors, the 01 Lakers, the 99 Spurs, and the 96 Bulls. That's it. Those are the only teams with better playoff runs. So you could argue those four teams are the best four teams of the last 30 years as well. Like those are four of the best teams of the last 30 years. So you are putting the Denver Nuggets up with those four teams. That's ridiculous. Okay. That's how good their playoff run was. So I think top 10 is easily fair to say, as far as them being in the same conversation as those teams. And then all of those teams that I just mentioned have at least one, if not two top 10 players of all time, in my opinion, you got Steph who's top 10, in my opinion, and then KD who's kind of borderline top 10, Shaq and Kobe, both easily in the top 10. You got Duncan, who's top 10, top five, actually. Tim Duncan yes, is top sir. five, but I digress. Yes, sir. Uh, and then Jordan, yes, sir. who's obviously this Jordan's obviously the second greatest player of all time. Like Joe is uh Joe is very fond of him being the second greatest player of all time. But how so dare now- you mention my name and say <laughs> that atrocity on you? Oh, you got to right here. You got Don't, don't, we ain't getting into it. Not again. Not again. Listen, so I'm not sure we're talking enough about this Nuggets playoff run, considering how good they were, considering they're, they're, they're mentioned with those teams. If you're mentioned with teams like that, like if you're mentioned with, you know, those four teams and, and players that caliber, Jokic has got to be mentioned with those players that are of that caliber, and this team has to be mentioned with those players of that caliber. So you could easily say top five, in my opinion, top five playoff runs of all time, considering how dominant they were and the teams they beat. You beat you beat Cat, Towns, Conley, Ant. You beat KD and Devin Booker. You beat LeBron and AD. You beat Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Coach Spo, Pat Riley, Heat Culture. Like you went through all those teams, and it wasn't that difficult. So I think it's easy to put them in the top ten, and I think you could definitely put them in the top five, and I would not be that mad about it. So, but that leads me to another question. Okay, another question that I have for you guys because we talked, and I mentioned this question a little bit earlier. Okay. This team is so young and so good already. Like I mentioned, they have a bunch of their players locked up for a long time, for at least the next two seasons for, for those main four guys and you know for, for, and for Christian Brown as well. And they're going to have some flexibility. We saw them make a trade during the finals to get some more assets where they can kind of flip and, 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 and you know do trades here and there and create space here and there where they need to. So, Joe, I'm going to go to you first on this one, man. Are we seeing the birth of a Denver Nuggets dynasty right now? As long as they're healthy, I do not see a way that they are not at least going to have a shot at it. I mean, anything can happen, right? There's a lot of teams. I don't think there's any team in the West right now that can match up to them, you know, one through five. There's not. There, you can you can sit here and be a fan of your team and say you got a shot. You're lying to yourself. There's no one as the roster sit right now that matches up in the West with the Denver Nuggets. There's just not. Uh, in the East, I feel like there is some athleticism there that it, 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 at you know the four and the five that can guard Jokic and, and kind of match his athleticism and his skill set a little bit better in his size. I I mean, I'm looking at the Bucks realistically. I mean, yeah. I think that, you know, those that they they have a pretty good lengthy team to match up with them. 
Obviously, I, I think, you know, the Celtics have, have shown to be competitive, but they lack a really good uh, spread the floor center who wants to get up and actually guard the three-point line. Uh, Al Horford, everyone who watched Al Horford throughout the playoffs saw him six to eight feet away from any three-point shooter and it actually drew me, drew me bonkers. Um, the Miami Heat are honestly, I think, a big man and a, like possibly a superstar away from having people to match up with them. They need someone like that. I mean, for sure, Dame at the point would be amazing. I think that, you know, they have some three-point shooters there. I do like their support role players, but they need a big man who can compete with, you know, Jokic. And outside of those... Zeller isn't good enough for you? No, Cody Zeller. (laughs) Cody Zeller hasn't been good enough for me since he was in college. Dude, where did his hair go, by the way? Cody Zeller, where's all your hair? I didn't know who the hell that was when I saw it. Went south for the winter, all right? I don't know, man. Oh, man. That's what they lack right now. And it's it's funny to say because you think back, we were talking about the Shaq and Kobe, right? That that dynasty. And I I saw, I believe it was... uh, uh, Gilbert Arenas, he's got a podcast. You haven't seen it. He, he puts out some decent content. Love, the dude speaks facts a lot. Arenas. You know, I was a big Arenas fan back in the day. Uh, but he was like, you know, it's funny that you got all these these centers now, and we're passing over guys with major talent because they can't shoot a three. And it's like, I think the Heat have that that front office that'll look at a guy and says, I don't care if you can shoot a three. Can you guard on the perimeter? Because in all honesty, I will take a guy like Shaq in his youth, dominant, you know, athletic, physical, and be like, hey, I need you to guard Jokic 48 minutes <laughs> a game in a seven-game series. And I don't give a shit if all you do is dunk on the offensive end and get rebounds. That's what I need from you. And honestly, I think that's what they, a lot of these teams need to get to right now. They need to find a guy who can play solid perimeter defense, maybe has a mid-range jumper, but is a, just a beast in the key. And that was one of the bigger knocks you have on Embiid, is that Embiid is consistently catching the ball 10 to 15 feet from the rim. He's never in the he's never in the paint when he catches the ball. He's always got a dribble in there. And he's the biggest... I, and I'll, honestly, I'm about to bring something up here right now. Uh, the uh, softest five in the game presented by Pillow Fight is probably Joel Embiid from an <laughs> offensive perspective. Damn. Shout out to Pillow Fight. I mean, I mean, no shit. He doesn't like, watch any Embiid tape. The dude never catches the ball under the rim. He is seven two. two. He is two hundred eighty pounds, and he, he flops far. like he's a point guard. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, him and Kyle Lowry are honestly the biggest flailing people I've ever seen in my life, and it makes no sense. Don't forget no Marcus sense. Smart, Celtics fan. By yes. the way, don't okay, forget fine. Marcus. Smart. I was being yeah, all right. biased. All right, <laughs> I was being biased. I'll accept it. <laughs> But, I mean, that's, that's Mount, what I'm that's saying. The Mount Rushmore like, flag. That's the Mount Rushmore, <laughs> there you go. right? Like and Harden, the, Harden too. Yeah, James Harden, Harden. There we Embiid. go. We got all four of them up Harden there. Harden, Lowry, the beard, and we got uh, the green locks. We yeah. got, I'll we throw got my guy Bron on there. I ain't gonna lie. I'll throw Bron. Yeah, I Bron. Lie. I do be flopping. Either either way. Back to my. I digress. Joel Embiid. That's that's the problem, right? Like Philly. If Philly is going to take the next step, and I think they match up very well with the Nuggets as well with the talent they had this year. The difference is, is that Jokic can catch the ball anywhere and be effective. And he'll even catch it down in the paint sometimes. He'll get down there. He'll muscle his way in. He's got a really good step back fade. He's got all the tools. He can get to the lane. He can drive everything like that. He's physical. Embiid seems to lack that on a consistent basis. And I think that's going to be the biggest knock on them. But 
after that, you really don't have anyone to compete with Denver the way the roster sits right now. There's going to have to be some moves. And if nothing really happens with the teams I listed, Denver's got a really, really good argument. Like, if, like I would not be disappointed if I, like, I would be willing to go and put $200 down right now on Denver to repeat next year. Wow. Like, that's how confident I feel based on the way the roster sit without seeing free agency, without seeing how the draft goes out. I might. I Send the receipts. Live in Alabama, <laughs> where you can't bet on sports. Oh, you can't bet in Alabama? I didn't know. No, bro. Like, it's too, they, it's a Bible same book, shit man. in you Minnesota. Can't, you can't man. do anything, man. You can't do well, shit that's here. Tough. That's, a, that's a bad break. But, but yeah, I mean, that's that's how I feel. I think that the Denver Nuggets, you can make the argument where they legitimately have a shot to start yeah. this off, and it wouldn't be surprised back to back. Yeah, it's it's definitely a possibility. Like you mentioned, with you know teams trying to kind of build their team around stopping Jokic. I mean, we saw in 2020 with the Lakers, they had bodies to throw at Jokic. When they beat the Nuggets, they had bodies to throw at him. Like, they had JaVale McGee to come in and just hack him and foul him. They had Dwight Howard in there just being physical with him, hacking him and fouling him every once in a while. Then they could throw AD at him as well. So, you know, and and it was perfect. And it worked out well. And, you know, they beat Jokic up. Jokic didn't play his best. Obviously, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as good of a version of Jokic as it is now. But I think that's what teams are going to have to start doing. They're going to have to load up on a bunch of, like, veteran strong ass bigs and then you know keep throwing that yoke so run out one through five and have a bench full of bigs <laughs> exactly yeah bench full, of, bench full of deandre jordans bench full of deandre jordans just come in get five thousand get out china man d white's in china Bro. bring him in he's, he's in taiwan him in. he's in taiwan yeah, it's like an island he's trying to, he's trying to recruit everybody over there yeah but see so i'm gonna go to you man we were just talking about it what do you think can this nuggets team become a dynasty yeah i, I mean I think you guys hit it on the head. It's like, especially with the core being locked in for the next two years. I mean, who who do we have competing with those guys? I mean, I'm a Lakers fan. I'm a LeBron fan, actually. But I was rooting for the Lakers. I was I was clearly in denial, rooting for the <laughs> Lakers to be beat the Nuggets. <laughs> hey, we got to cut that in somewhere, man. I said. Uh, <laughs> They went up three games, and I said, yeah, I still got the Lakers in seven. Lines <laughs> so, yeah, but, three games. <laughs> LeBron done but, it before, he'll do it again. <laughs> he'll do it again. He can make history. But in all actuality, I I don't think no one can compete with them right now in the West for sure. Like, they, we don't have any. Who, who, do we have, who do we have as big men in the West? Um, Cat. Rudy Gobert. I yeah, can't. and – Jokic is destroying him. Cat. We saw that already. Yeah, Cat. We saw that already. He's yeah. not we saw even. AD already. He, I mean, he don't even want to be a center. So <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean Sabonis and, is at the Sabonis plays what the four in, in Sacramento, yeah, man. and no, and Golden State can't figure out who's playing or knocking out players. Yeah. You know, Jokic destroyed them too. Jokic so, had 40, 15, and ten on Golden State. Yeah, yeah he he gonna he's gonna kill him. They're gonna kill him with size as well. I feel like. The only teams match up are the two teams that you just said. I feel like, um, but the conditioning—I don't know. That's like, like you said, we got to get a Nuggets front office and the Nuggets culture a lot of credit. It's just the way they do business, the way they carry themselves. I mean, like having vets like DeAndre Jordan and Ishmael, Jeff Green—they're over there for a reason. Like they know how to carry themselves on and off the court. You know they they're showing up to work, ready to play. Like, and B not only is 
I mean, he's soft. I mean, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying that because I like him. Be, but, I mean, I like him too, but but you you got a point. You got a point. You got a point. I can't even. I wish I Josh was here, bro. About it. He would have been. Got, he would have been losing yeah. his mind on that. Bro. Yeah, you you got a point though, because. 18 points in a closeout game that's ridiculous um yep. but <laughs> i would say i can't really Embiid say anything tatum did the same thing in game seven against the heat so thank you yeah but he he was he was injured bro i'm a, i mean i know yeah no excuse i'm gonna talk injuries about that later part of the game injuries are a part of the game but yeah yep, i feel like can joel is not a good leader yoga's is the good leader he leads by example you know like listen to his press conference versus mb press conference like he mb is still a little bit immature beat on, and beat on that kd press conference shit yeah he, yeah yeah he gotta he gotta like yeah like great players but not good leaders but mm-hmm. i think the only i would say the only threat to them becoming a dynasty is the bucks like Giannis, like Giannis was injured in that first series against the Heat. Even though it's crazy, to, if the, it's crazy that the Heat beat the title favorites in five games, even without Giannis. <laughs> bro, I'm telling you, like, that's, that's not the wild. same Heat team we saw through the Eastern Conference playoffs, bro. Yeah. They they somehow that team got lost somewhere between game lost two and game mojo. three, flying back to Miami, bro. Yeah. They never made it. I mean, we thought we was gonna see another, not a fifty. We thought we was gonna see at least a forty point from Jimmy. I mean, if you could score, because I feel Some like point. the Bucks is a great defensive team. Like, I don't know, but that's who I think. I think with Brooke Lopez at the five, Giannis at the four, then they got Bobby Portis coming off the bench, Chris Middleton, yeah. Drew Holiday. I feel like that's a good team that could be a threat if they stay healthy. But you know. Coming off winning the championship, I would want to see Jokic and Giannis battle it out for the next couple of years. I would love to see that. That's what I would. I think that would be great for basketball. Oh, I would love it. Know, I love it. The international battle. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, that would be awesome. I, I, I'm all for that. To to build off a couple of your points, see, so the the MB point of him not being a leader, and then Joe, you kind of mentioned it. The the or both of you mentioned it. The press conferences, like Jokic will be in there. He don't even want to talk about his MVPs. He don't want to talk about his stats. He just want to go home. He want to play basketball. He want to be with his horses. That's what he wants to do. And he and he leads by example. He works. And he does it. You listen to Embiid in his press conferences. Oh, why aren't I getting the MVP? Oh, what why can't my teammates do this? Why can't it just be me and James? Like you, it's it's a complete. It's it's completely different between those two, you know. So it it's you know the it it shows you why one has a better team and one doesn't, you know, because the team wants to play for Jokic, team don't want to play for Embiid. Embiid's all about himself, you know. So yeah, it's a it's a big difference as far as that goes. But as far as the Nuggets being a dynasty, I'll start mine off with an aside. Like, can we let these fucking guys enjoy a championship for a little while? Like, I know I asked the question, but like it's like le- it's legitimately two days after these hey, guys won the championship. Aaron Gordon yeah. is enjoying it, bro. He out there in his Facts, game yeah. shorts, no shirt, following with the people no in doubt. Denver. And the and the players are, are talking That's about solid. Dynasty 2. Murray, Murray's, Murray's talking about Dynasty 2, and, and Malone's talking about Dynasty 2. They're already talking about Dynasty. But damn, like, can we let, like, let, you know, let the championship breathe for a little while? You know what I'm saying? Like, let's give these guys their flowers for a little while, and then, you know, you know, give them a week. And then afterwards, we can, you know, talk about Dynasty. But we're going to 
going to not give it a week because the NBA does not stop. Like I just saw a short CISO did today about Zion, you know, he might get traded, you know? So as soon as the NBA season ends, it just keeps going. It, it, it does not end the, the off season, the drama, everything keeps going. So we already have to think about next season. So as far as dynasty goes, Listen, we tend to overreact to dynasty talk when any team wins an NBA championship. Okay, so the Raptors won it in 2019, and everyone was like, "Oh, if Kawhi resigns, it could be a dynasty." Well, he didn't resign and gets hurt every year anyway, so no dynasty in Toronto. Okay, the Lakers win in 2020. CISO's Lakers win in 2020. Oh, LeBron and AD just got to stay healthy. Well, they're both always hurt, and now they're old, so they haven't won since. Okay, the Bucks win in 2021. Oh, Giannis is so young. Oh, I'm sorry. Giannis is so young. Middleton and Holiday are great compliments. Dynasty upcoming. They've gotten hurt and lo- in, in, in gotten lost in the last two postseasons. Okay, so no dynasty for the Bucks yet. Okay, the Warriors win last year. Oh, they're back, baby. They got a championship window open for the next five years. Now they're talking about trading everyone on their team but Steph. So it's so hard to win one championship in the NBA and build one championship team, let alone build a team capable enough to repeat, let alone build a dynasty. It takes so much luck, owners and front office willing to spend, health, obviously, timely breaks and lucky shots at times. You look back at a lot of the Warriors dynasties, they got a ton of breaks. Warriors basically won all their ti- all their titles in part to some postseason injuries. Obviously, you know, they're incredibly talented in a lot of those as well. But postseason injuries helped them out a lot as well, as well as Curry hurting his ankles early in his career and then signing a super cheap extension, giving them cap space to sign KD. And then, you know, you look at my Spurs dynasty, we only got Tim Duncan because Robinson got hurt and they were so bad. They got the number one overall pick you look at the heat ray allen shot helped them steal a ring from the spurs to help them repeat miami to get their second ring and then hell i know a lot of people think if KD's shoe is an inch smaller in 2021 on that shot that he hit in game seven versus the bucks the nets win a ring and Giannis doesn't even have one now i don't believe that but there's a lot of people who do so there's a lot there's so much that goes in to winning just one title so there's so much that can change and so much that can change quickly. You think your window is open, then boom, something happens. Injury, someone, some another team emerges, internal drama, whatever the case may be, and you end up with just the one title, okay? So I think dynasty talk is always so fluid and so unlikely. But if any, any team could do it right now, it's these young nuggets, man. Jokic is 28, Gordon's 27, Murray's 26, Porter Jr.'s 24. We talked about it already. All these guys are locked up for years, okay? And the front office clearly knows what it's doing. They What types of guys they need to fill around them, that's who they get. Christian Brown, obviously, he's a rookie. You, you know, you got to figure he's going to continue to figure things out. You got to continue. KCP's locked up for another year, you know? So you got guys who are going to be locked up and then you're going to have guys who want to come to Denver and play with Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray like they're you're going to have three and D guys want to come to to you know to Denver and play with these guys and try to win a ring so you know as but as we know Murray and Porter Jr. still have serious injury concerns okay so we saw what this team looked like the last two two years without them and it wasn't great okay their first round exit last two years without them so again health is number one but assuming health I think they're fully capable of being a dynasty, but it's sports, man. You can't even assume health because who knows? So it's going to be, it's, it's really up to health. It's going to be up to health for these guys. And if they can stay together, but like Joe said, like CISO mentioned, if these guys can stay healthy, I think it's definitely on the board. These guys can be a dynasty, but I want to talk about Jokic as well, because obviously he went absolutely insane through the entire playoffs, ending with 30, 14 and seven in the NBA finals, obviously getting the finals MVP. So I want to get your guys thoughts on Jokic. I want your guys big picture thoughts on Nikola Jokic. Okay. 
we are, I think I think we're all in agreement right now. He's the best player on the planet. I mean, you can't really argue with 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 that at this point. Nikola Jokic is the best player in basketball. So I want you guys as big picture takeaways as far as you know, long term takeaways for Nikola Jokic, legacy takeaways for Nikola Jokic. So CISO, I'm gonna go to you first, man. Give me your playoff run. Like, what are your thoughts on this playoff run from Jokic? And where do you rank Jokic now among all time players? Damn. You're doing this to me, man. <laughs> we got it. We got to talk about it. Um, I would say, like like you guys said, this is a historic playoff run just because the way they dominated each series. Um, so that's 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 a top ten playoff performance of all time, easily. Just be just due to the stats, just based off the facts. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. We all know that. Um, it's hard for me to do like the top. I would say he's somewhere in like the 25, 20 range. But I could say this, though. I would say this. I know this is going to be a hot take. But I might have him top top 10 centers of all time. Like, hot, not, I mean, right outside of the top 10. Six. Uh, I want to put him five, but. It's tough. So, real quick, real quick, so I want no, real quick. I want to talk about the I want to talk about the greatest centers list of all time as well, real quick, because that's been a big topic of conversation. So, I mean, you obviously for me, I've got five guys I'm for sure putting ahead of him. I got Kareem, I got Wilt, I got Russell, I got uh, Shaq, I got Hakeem. Those are the five that I got. Okay, then the guys nobody else. Yeah, for sure. But there's guys who you could argue. You could argue Moses Malone. Moses Malone, three-time MVP, finals MVP, 12-time All-Star, eight-time All-NBA, obviously a champion. You know, he was big time. Then you got my guy, David Robinson, two-time champion. He won an MVP. You know, he, he, he could be up there as well. Career average, 21 and 10. So the Admiral, he's like that. He was He's obviously a great defender as well. You got Patrick Ewing. He never won a title, never won an MVP, but he was a great center for a long time. Then you got a guy like Bill Walton, obviously, whose peak was great. He won the MVP, finals MVP in the same year. He just didn't play for a long time and won two championships. So you got a bunch of – you got different options there. So in my opinion, yeah. I would have Jokic sixth. He would be my sixth yeah, all-time that's center. He's sixth for me. Sixth, sixth for me. Sixth all-time Only because – only because a dream is right there at five. Like mm. that's the only reason because he won back to back titles and he swept he swept both times in the finals. And it was Different. against two elite centers, Patrick Ewan and Shaq. And Shaq. Like that was crazy. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. Hakeem's so, got to be, I mean, and you look at Hakeem's offensive skill. Hakeem, obviously, and Jokic have, like, similar, like, you know, styles of play offensively. They're just so fundamentally sound and, and can score. Obviously, Hakeem could pass the ball as well. But Hakeem was so – Hakeem's arguably the greatest defensive player of all time. So, I don't think you can put Jokic ahead of Hakeem yet because Hakeem was so much know. better on the defensive end. But Jokic has plenty of time to, to build that resume and to, and to, uh, and to you know, eventually yeah. pass Hakeem. What do you think? I, I think, yeah, I think he got time because how young he is. Uh, but that I think Akeem won. He won. Did he won two defensive players of the year. Yeah, uh, probably nine times more than that. Yeah. And he was nine time all time defense. I mean, all team defense too. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough to it's tough. Um, I, but it depends on how long Jokic wants to play because you know, it's it's if he wants to play that long. It seems like. 
I mean, he 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 is excited about winning the championship, but I don't know how long he wants to play. But that's uh, interesting. He play, if he plays like five more years, get get two more rings, you know, get one more MVP, then we 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 can have that conversation. I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad if someone argued that he he was above Akeem if he if he wins another MVP and another For sure. and two more rings. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. I think I think at that point, I would definitely put Jokic above Hakeem at that point. Um, but that's interesting that you bring up. You, you, like you said, you see him after the after the series is over. It looks like he just wants to go. And he said it himself. He just wants to go home, you know. So it's like, right. how long does he really want to play in the NBA? Who knows, man? He's, you know, he's he seems like a different type of personality. He's he's like hilarious in his own, like, weird type of way. Um, but yeah, it's, how long does he really want to play? You know, it's a, it's it, that's definitely going to be an interesting question. But Joe, I'm going to go to you, man. Give me your thoughts on Jokic, man. Where do you rank him among all-time players, among all-time centers? Give me your all-time Jokic takeaways. So all-time players, it, it's hard not to. There's a clear gap that I see for for all-time players i have a, i have a criteria i like to live by and i think it's something that we were talking about that you and cisa were talking about when it came to the centers is that you have to play defense you have to have a defensive mindset to your game Jokic, the one knock we've always had on Jokic is that when it comes to the defensive side of the ball he kind of takes that side of the court off um i don't see him having a high athleticism uh, which is why I don't really think that his game's going to decline. It's not so much built off athleticism as it is on skill, as it is on right. talent. He he relies on his talent level. He he he's methodical in how he passes. He has great court vision. You know things you can't teach. Things that you have to have or you don't. I mean, you can improve them, but to have that level already, I think that he has the ability to be mentioned. Um, Right now, I, I say he's definitely, you know, up there with some of, some of the greats. I, I think that it, I wouldn't say he's, you know, top 10 right now. I don't think I could say he's top 10 all time for sure. I don't think he's, he's probably somewhere in the 20s, you know, between 25 to 20 in that range. I would say right now, just based on the way he plays the game, he's one of the few players to average a double-double for his career. He's pretty, he's, he's more of a passer than just about any center we've ever seen. I mean, yeah. you were talking about Shaq and Hakeem. I mean, Shaq averaged two and a half assists. Hakeem averaged two and a half assists. The big difference between these guys from a center standpoint, I mean, Hakeem was a two-time rebounding champ, three-time block champ, you know, two-time defensive player of the year. You know, he, those are all the things he had. Uh, Shaq, you look at Shaq, he was a, you know, two-time scoring champ, uh, MVP, three-time All-Defense. You know, these are the things that they did. And Jokic doesn't have that right now. He's got the MVPs. He's got the All-NBAs. He's got, you know, the All-Rookie Team, West Conference Final MVP, Finals MVP, NBA Champion, five All-Stars, right? So he's got... A lot, though. It, it is a lot, you know, but when you're talking <laughs> about some them of the up, greatest... Andy. Yeah, when we're talking about the greatest centers of all time, you know, he's, he's not really there... And a lot of these guys, by the time they were 28, had some of these things. You know, Shaq was was a dominant force. But at the same time, you didn't need your center to be a good passer. You didn't need your center to shoot threes. You didn't need your center to, to do the things that Jokic is doing, which is why I think that he'll be have a better chance of being talked about as one of the greatest players of all time. But when you talk about a center, from a center mentality, 
of what we expect from a center to be able to do. That's the anchor of your offense and the anchor of your defense. But he doesn't play a true center position. He's he's a, he's a he's a point center, mm-hmm. and which he's That's almost a position. He, he's a yeah, he's a positionless basketball player in a in a in a sport that we define players by the position they play. Right, and and so it's going to be hard to say he's the greatest center of all time. And it's yeah. crazy to think that you can say he's not I the agree. greatest center of all time, but he's one of the greatest players of all time. Mm-hmm. And and so many great centers. Right. And, and but but you think about how crazy it is to say he could be considered one of the greatest players of all time if he continues this this for another four, you know five years and he's able to do the things he's still doing and you know wins a couple more championships gets a couple more accolades things like that he's going to be in the conversation as one of the yeah. greatest players to ever play the game but I'll never be able to say he's one of the greatest centers of all time because he doesn't play the game like a center he plays the game like a point guard he plays, so I, well, I, I think can't. you could. I think I think if you're in the top ten centers of all time, I think you can say he's one of the greatest centers of all time. I what about an offensive offensive center, the greatest offensive center of all time? Can we argue that? Yeah, I still, I mean, I still have a that. hard time going over Shaq. I mean, he'd have to win. He, like, it's hard to go over how when Shaq in his prime, bro, in his prime, bro, was like, very, like, like it, it's kind of like what he said. It's like if you want to talk about me being any player. Just put the most dominant in front of that motherfucker. All right, that's yeah, that's Shaq, nice. bro. So I I don't he'll be he he'll always be in the conversation for a lot of these things. And then we're talking semantics, really realistically. But there is no one his size, hell, four inches shorter <laughs> that does the things that and means that much to his team as Jokic means to his team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, we saw it with the win-loss record in the regular season. Like, they weren't winning any games when Jokic was out. That was part of my Jokic and Bede argument in the regular season was, I think the the, the Nuggets were like 5-10 and 10 without the Jokic and the Sixers were like 11 and five without Embiid, you know? So it was like, that was part of my argument. You know, he's, 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 that tells you how much more valuable he is to his team. Dude, you know? I remember so, when, I remember when Nick said that Jokic is going to have a triple double and they were going to lose. I was like, have you seen their record when he gets a triple double, bro? They don't lose. I think they're like different. 25 and one. <laughs> and I want to, I want to bring that up as far as all time stuff goes too, because Joe, you were talking about it, how those other guys kind of have those, you know, their signature thing, like, in, you know, Hakeem's defense and Shaq's most dominant and stuff like that. I think Jokic just barely missing out on that triple-double this year is actually going to hurt his legacy just that little bit. Like, this year he was .2 assists short of averaging a triple-double for, for a full season. So, I think if Jokic, obviously he doesn't bring I think his defense has been, you know, has been maligned far too much because I think he's oh, yeah. a better defender than people give him credit for. But obviously he's not a great all-NBA defender. No. But if he if he would have had that, you know, center averaging a triple-double on his, you know, on his legacy, and he Man. still has plenty of time to do that. He can oh, do that yeah. next year for all we know, you know. But if he's got that on his legacy, that's going to build him up to higher places. So as far as, as far as I go, as far as him on all-time centers, I think he's a top six all-time center. I think you can put him in the top 20, like these guys have talked about, as far as players go, but I think top 25 is safe. I think I'm going to do a list this offseason. I'm going to see, you know, what I actually think, who's my top, you know, top 25, top 30 players of all time list. We're going to see about that here in the offseason. But as far as, as far as him goes right now, as far as centers go, I would have him sixth. But we, there's one guy who we've talked about. There's only one guy 
on the list that I can see him not passing. I can see him passing everybody else, you know, realistically. I can see him getting by Bill Russell, you know, because listen, he's got 11 championships. It's ridiculous. He's got 11 championships. There was only the, the time frame, there, 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 the, the there skill level. Okay. Yeah. It was, there, there's, there's a lot, lot of so context. I can, I can, a lot of context that right. got to go into that, right? And that's, and that's the same thing with Wilt. You know, Wilt's obviously averaging 100 points a game. I mean, he's not 100 points a game. He scored 100 <laughs> he points in a game. Yeah. He's averaging, he averaged 50 points in, in a season. You know, that's ridiculous. But again, the, the time frame, the context, you know, so I, I could see, I could see Jokic getting past those guys. Shaq, it's going to be tough. Okay. You, you got to win four championships. You got to win three finals MVPs. You, you got to, you know, continue to be dominant for a better, long time. You better lead but, the league in something, bro. Assists, yeah, rebounds, so you scoring. Gotta, you got to have that triple double that we were talking yeah. about. You got to have something like that, right? So something like that, it's going to take to pass Shaq. So it's going to take a lot to pass Shaq. And it's going to take some to pass Hakeem as well, like me and Cecil were talking about. Because Hakeem is criminally underrated by everyone all oh, yeah. the time. Yeah, it's, it's going to be man. tough. Okay, I even so, missed him in my reel. I did earlier. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough to pass all of those guys. Okay, but I think Jokic can get to number two all time. I think it's possible for him to get to number two all time. Okay, we haven't even talked about the number one center of all time. That's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's not getting to Kareem. I'm sorry, no you're just you're just no not going to get to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No he was he's not he's now the second all-time leading scorer. He's got six MVPs. He's got six championships. He's got two Finals MVPs. He's a 19-time All-Star, 15-time All-NBA, 10-time All-Defense, the Rookie of the Year. Career averages of 24, 11, and two and a half blocks per game on 56% shooting. You're not getting them. You're just not. I'm sorry. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is too far. He's too far gone. Like, you got to play 20 seasons and be dominant to get to Kareem. So, okay. you're just not getting to Kareem. It's 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 going to be tough. But I think, could Jokic get to the second greatest center of all time? I think it's possible. I think he can get to number two all time. It's going to be really, really tough. I wouldn't bet on that. I wouldn't bet on Jokic getting to the second greatest center of all time. But it's certainly possible. He's he's in the he's in a bracket where he could certainly get there. I will go with improbable. I, yeah, Shaq I and Hakeem, the way they played the game. I mean, I, I you could take Shaq in his prime, and he would dominate today. You could take Hakeem Olajuwon in his prime, and he would dominate today. I think Shaq actually no did an interview, and they were like, oh, when they say you couldn't play in this game, he's like, you ain't watching. I am playing this game. My name's Greek Free. Be honest. <laughs> yeah. And that's, like, you look at Shaq, because everyone thinks about Shaq, you know, in the, the early 2000s where he was, you know, kind of putting on the pounds or, you know, with the heat when he was kind of getting heavier setter with the Celtics when he was wrapping up his career. You know, he, he didn't put the work ethic in, and that was one that was Kobe's biggest knock on him was that Shaq could have been the greatest player of all time if he put the, if he put the amount of work ethic that Kobe put in. Now, granted, Kobe put a lot of work ethic in, but even then, ridiculous. I just don't see Jokic the same way I see those guys because they were offensively dominant, defensively dominant. They were, I mean, you just cannot compare that level of domination. Well, too... Two, I think something that Jokic gets dinged for, and it's part of the reason why we ding Hakeem too, is that they're not like cultural icons. They're not like people who everybody looks at like and reveres like all time. Like we look at Kobe, even though Kobe's obviously great. Kobe's, you know, one of the 10 greatest players of all time. People over, I think people overrate Kobe so much just because of how iconic he was and how culturally important he was to basketball culture, the mama mentality, everything like that. So I think people overrate him slightly because of his legacy, but but, but Kobe's obviously great. So I think people overrate him slightly. And I think people do that with Shaq as well because he was so dominant and because he's such a character and because he's so, 
just everything, right? LeBron, you know, he's the king. You know, he's got an entire brand. You know, Jordan's got Air Jordan. You know, he's got the shoes. He's got the tongue out. He's got everything. And guys like Jokic and Hakeem don't have that defining characteristic that kind of make them stick out, you know, and, and make them icons and make everybody want to talk about them all the time. You know, so I think they kind of get dinged as far as stuff like that goes because, you know, yeah. the Jokic, is, Jokic has a press conference and he's just like, yeah, I just want to go with my horses and I just want to do this and I just want to do that. And LeBron's like, I'm the king. I'm from Akron, you know, so it's like it's a, it's a separation point, you know, so he's not as much of as a, as a star as far as like, you know, entertainment value goes. And even his on court, you know, even on the court, he's not like a star, you know, he's not throwing down windmill dunks. He's not hitting 40 foot threes. I'll give you one you more know, name that you can compare him to. And you're going to love this one, Matt, because I looked it up just for you. David Robinson. Oh, David Robinson. David yeah. Robinson, man. That's just a, that's another person. one. All of, yeah. like, all the I feel like we were never flashing. Tim, yeah. yeah, Tim Duncan. I mean, Tim Duncan is in that same category. They 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 mm-hmm. don't even talk about it. I mean, David David Robinson, twenty one point one points, ten rebounds, ten point six rebounds, two point five assists. His 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 like stats per game almost mirror exactly Shaq and uh, Hakeem. Yeah, for, for rebounds, points, and yeah. assists. But you don't you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't know it. <laughs> You wouldn't know it yet because nobody talks about it because he's not like that superstar outgoing type person. And like we mentioned, Tim Duncan's the exact same way. I've had so many Tim Duncan or Kobe discussions with so many of my friends because it's all Kobe, Kobe, Kobe and the Mamba mentality. And, you know, and I get it. Kobe's awesome. I love work ethic, man. Kobe's Kobe's incredible. Kobe's incredible. But if you look at the resumes, you look at the resumes, what Tim Duncan did, like there's no argument. Like Tim Duncan is better. So it's it. it so it, that, I mean, that's just my opinion, you know. So I mean, it, it can two go, different positions. Know, I, 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 two, I can, two different I, positions I, for sure. And I, I can, I can yeah. see the Kobe argument. You know, I'm a biased Spurs fan. I've lived through Tim Duncan being, I'm, you know, I the am best power forward of all time. But you know, in my opinion, he gets dinged because he's boring. Like he's shooting, he's shooting right hand jump hooks, and he's, you know, he's shooting his, he's shooting his little uh, bank shots off the glass, and it's not fun and Kobe's got the footwork he's throwing oops off the glass he's catching 360 lobs like he's doing crazy stuff so we ding Duncan and we ding Jokic and we ding Hakeem and we ding Robinson because they aren't as flashy right and we kind of pro- we prop up those guys who are a little more flashy and have that more star power and stuff like that which is fair but at the same time we can't keep dinging these guys who are just skilled and who get the job done right we we can't keep dinging them so yeah that's it, it but it's going to be interesting as far as Jokic goes to, to see where he ranks like CISO said who knows how long he plays maybe he only plays four or five more seasons and we don't get to see you know the 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 extra decade of dominance from Jokic but with that we're going to transition we got to talk a little bit of Miami Heat here to end this to end this uh, episode as well because obviously you know Miami Heat Cinderella run man coming from the eight seed to the finals it's a hell of an accomplishment beating the best record in basketball the Bucks in five games in round one then you get the Knicks in round two then you get the second best record in basketball in the Celtics in round three sorry Joe but it's clear they were overmatched in the finals I mean I thought Bam was solid but the rest of the role players who we thought and, and were great and have been praising, they faded, as well as Jimmy Butler fading as well. Just 21-6-4 and four for Jimmy in the finals, which isn't bad, but it's not the 37 points per game he was averaging in round one. So, CISO, I'm going to go to you first. First of all, give me your over, overall takeaways from this heat run. And then also, what do you think caused Jimmy's disappointing finals? I would say um, this heat run, it, it's been a beautiful run because um, I think – a lot of like winning franchises a lot of times i would say especially in the league where coaches are uh disposable where they fire coaches every year yeah. um coaching doesn't get appreciated like 
I feel like this run, I would say we, we should give a lot of credit to Eric Spolstra. Even though Jimmy has some amazing performances, don't get me wrong, like some historic performances. But, I mean, I feel like besides Coach Malone, Eric Spolstra outcoached every 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 team they played against. So, I would say I, I put my hats off to them. It, it was a beautiful Cinderella story, but all good things must come to an end. <laughs> I think yeah, Hamed no said this: "You got to face reality." Uh, yeah. And I, I think KCP and Eric Gordon made it tough for him, man. Like they made it mm-hmm. tough for him. Like they yeah. had him, they had him, they had him second guessing his shots. Um, had him with a lot of hesitation. Like in Game Five, I think Jimmy was was he eight for twenty one or something like that. He, yeah, like they and scored eighty nine points. points in the fourth. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, he did. That's why I was like, Jimmy's having one of those games. I sent that to the yeah. Discord. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I would say, man, they, they held them with the defense they played on Jimmy and the, and the rest of the players. They held them to 89 points in the closeout game, man. Like, this is 2020. You're not winning the oh. closeout game with 89 points. It's not yeah. gonna happen, man. So I think I think I just like I said, the uh the Nuggets defense don't get enough credit, man. They play hella defense on them guys. That's that's what I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, Nuggets defense was incredible. It's part of the reason, like you said, why Jimmy struggled so much. Just the the length of that front court, man. You got you got Aaron Gordon, six eight. Big body looks like a defensive end. You got Michael Porter Jr. He's not great defensively. He's six ten. Then you got Jokic, who's seven feet. You got KCP, who's a really good perimeter defender, who you can throw at him. Christian Brown, Bruce Brown. You got bodies to throw at Jimmy. So that's what I that's what I said before the series. I thought I thought Jokic was going to have a way better series than Jimmy because he don't have bodies to throw at Jokic. They just have bam, you know. And the and the Nuggets got plenty of bodies to throw at Jimmy. And sure enough, you know. Jokic goes off, and Jimmy has kind of a disappointing series. So, Joe, I'm going to go to you, man. What were your takeaways from this Heat playoff run? Uh, what What do you think caused Jimmy's kind of disappointing finals? I mean, let's be real here. I just liked how all the Heat players, you know, all the role players, Max Strus looking at you, you know, he's like, after they, they beat the Celtics, he comes and posts out there, he got cut by them, and then he comes out there, and, oh, I dominate him, throw him all those threes, and then you literally lay goose eggs in the entire... It's like the entire role players forgot there was another series to play after the Eastern Conference Finals, man. You sound bitter. And, oh, I mean, a little bit. If that was, if the Joe's Heat team that showed if the Heat team that showed up in the finals showed up in the Eastern Conference finals, we'd be talking about the Celtics Nuggets, not the not the Nuggets Heat, okay? Thank God like, we weren't talking about yeah, Celtics I, Nuggets. <laughs> it would, like, would have been, I don't even know how that series would have played out, but that's what, like, literally, like, you think about all the star players. I mean, Caleb Martin was a no-show pretty much the entire finals, and he was the main guy. He, he like, led them in points, like, three of their four games that they won against the Celtics. I mean, you had Highsmith coming off the bench, you know, blocking, getting steals, doing all this stuff defensively, absolutely nowhere to be found except for, like, game one. Kyle Lowry, you know, the guy who, like, they brought in to be, you know, their their point guard and everything like that, you know, he coming off the bench, had a good game one, nowhere to be found the rest of the series. I mean, Tyler Hero, they didn't even play him because they were like, oh, I don't know how this is going to happen. And then you had, uh, you know, Duncan Robinson, you know, their, their three-point shooter missing open threes. I mean, their entire roster that we were – Praising Pat Riley for, for for seeing the diamonds in the rough and putting together completely forgot to show up outside of Bam and Jimmy. And, you know, it's why they're looking for a superstar. It's why they're looking for someone to take some of the load off Jimmy. Because in all honesty, we all hopped on the Heat 
bandwagon just in time for every single person to run out of gas. No, you hopped on the heat bandwagon. I did. We stayed over here. We stayed on yeah. the Nuggets. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. The Nuggets, I was 100% convinced that the last thing the Nuggets wanted to do was go into Miami 1-1. That, is, that place is absolutely insane. And then the Heat pulled the Celtics. Just forgot to show up. I mean, if you want, like that's what they did. It, it was like they, they, like TD Garden. I'm pretty sure needs to have some sage burned into it because, you know, they like both the Bruins and the Celtics let me down this year. But I feel like whatever cursed that building just latched onto the Miami Heat and went with them, you know, to Denver because they hopped right on a plane. They should have like burned some sage. Kumbaya went to Miami, wash off TD Garden stench from a little bit, and then flown over there to Denver because flying straight there was not the move, my friend. Uh, it's it is a Cinderella story. Obviously, when they lost to the Atlanta Hawks, who we all thought was garbage, yeah, we were convinced they were never going to see the playoffs. And you could have also made that comment nine minutes left in the fourth quarter with them against the Bulls. Three minutes left. They were down I mean, three yeah. with three minutes left. I mean, but down, they were with nine minutes left. They were down a lot more than that. They were down double digits, you know. So I mean, you could you were we were saying, oh, there go the Heat, and then they come out and their path was easier with the Giannis injury. It was the the Knicks. We weren't convinced were were really a good team. The Celtics had issues, and then the Brogdon injury and everything like that. So they they, they kind of found their way to get there. I mean, six man of the year, obviously getting injured is a huge, huge not you know problem. So they did kind of have an easier road, but it doesn't take away from what they did with who was on that team and how that team is constructed. They just met a team that's bigger. And that really comes down to it. I mean, they are probably the closest team. I mean, Victor Oladipo coming back is going to be huge for them. You know, if he comes back healthy, I think that he's got he he's he's some explosion and, and some ball handling and some passing that they miss at the one and the two outside of Jimmy. Jimmy rolled his ankle in that in that game seven against the Celtics shortly after Jason Tatum did. Uh, I don't know how much that affected him, but you could just tell the man had gone. Through. Well, he heard it versus the Knicks too. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. you could tell he had just gone through it. He had carried them so far. You know, whenever they needed yeah. a big game, he had shown up and. They played a lot of series pretty long, and that Celtics series. I don't care how the games looked; those are that's a that's a, that's a rough, storied rivalry, and they've been yeah. going at it for years. And I think that really wore out the Heat. I think the Celtics really wore them out. They just didn't have the energy, man. And yeah. it's like I said, all the credit to Eric Spolstra. He outcoached everybody he went up against. I'd even say that he probably outcoached like outcoached Malone. Malone just had the better roster. And yes. at the end of the day, coaching coaching can get you in the right position, but players win you in the game. And that's what it come, came down to for, for the Heat is that, you know, as great as those role players have been and all those undrafted guys have been, they just ran out of gas. Yeah, it's true. It's uh, that's uh, that's all, all facts. Like you said, man, it was... Uh, I, I want to touch on Jimmy real quick because I think we're going to forget, like, how... Maybe we won't forget how incredible he was in the first round, but, like, this dude, like, let me just go through the games in the first round against the one-seed Milwaukee. The first game, he was 35, 11 assists on 56% shooting. The second game, he was 25 on 67% shooting. The third game, he was 35-4 and with two steals on 63% shooting. The fourth game, he was 56, 9-2 
on 68% shooting. In the fourth game, he was 24-8-4 on 51% shooting. That was a whole series against Giannis Antetokounmpo and Drew Holiday, two of the best perimeter defenders in basketball. And Jimmy Butler did that in the first round and a series that no one expected them to win. I had them losing in five. I don't, I think Joe had them losing in five. A bunch of people had them getting swept. Nobody thought they were going to win that series. So Jimmy Butler in that first round series was absolutely incredible. We got to give him his flowers. And then that game five, obviously he hit, you know, the, the, the shot to send it to overtime game, uh, game four. He had a bunch of those clutch shots down the stretch where he was, where he was talking about, this is my shit. This is my shit. Like that was, I love that. You know, Jimmy Butler, unbelievable in that first round series. And yeah, oh, he bust their ass for sure. And then in that second round series against the Knicks, we saw him have another Jimmy Butler game in that first game. He had 25, 11, and four. And, you know, he shot 50% from the field. Um, and then he hurt his ankle in game two. Now, if I was a Celtics fan, and listen, if, uh, thank God I'm not a Celtics fan, just as an aside. Like, I wake up every day and thank the good Lord above me that I don't like the Celtics. Joe, that, that is 100% offense to you. Uh, because I do not want to be a Celtics fan. I'm so. Shit, I don't want to be a Celtics. Celtics fan. I don't want you want to be a Celtics fan right now. We're right? not letting so, you not. We're, we are not letting you change. You're a Celtics fan, okay? Forever. <sighs> You're not going nowhere. You're a Celtics fan. You're stuck with them, okay? Thank God I'm not a Celtics fan. And I don't. I think Joe. We talked about this a little bit earlier. His stance with Tatum when he hurt his ankle in Game Seven versus Miami. But if I was a Celtics fan. And talking about Jimmy hurt his ankle in game two against the Knicks. I'd be like, oh, he hurt his ankle against the Knicks. What'd you expect? You know, he couldn't be great the rest of the postseason. But I'm not going to do that. Jimmy was fine. He missed game two versus the Knicks and played heavy minutes the rest of the playoffs after that. So his ankle was not a problem. I'm not going to blame his ankle. I'm not going to do any of that. Jimmy was on the court. So, Jimmy, if you're on the court, you better produce. Okay? Now... You look at the pre-injury and post-injury numbers, they're pretty crazy, okay? It goes from 35 a game, like I said, on 50-plus percent shooting to 24 a game on 40% shooting. But I think that's more because, like you mentioned, Joe, those other teams were wearing them down. You're playing the Knicks, who obviously aren't the best team. They're not the most talented team. But with Coach Tibbs, you're throwing a lot of bodies at Jimmy. You're, You're physical with Jimmy the entire series. So it wasn't an easy series for him. You saw his numbers go down that series. Then you play the Celtics, who... Even though they have they weren't as great defensively this year, you still got a lot of bodies you can throw at Jimmy. You got Jason Tatum, you got Jalen Brown, you got Marcus Smart. You got I mean, they weren't as good defensively as they were last year, obviously. No. But still they were a great defensive team this year. You got a lot of bodies you can throw at Jimmy. Like you said, emotional, physical series, wore down Jimmy. Seven games. They were down 3 0. They ended up having to come back and win a game seven in Boston. Emotional series. Then you get to Denver. You got to deal with KCP. You got to deal with Aaron Gordon, obviously. You got to deal with Bruce Brown. I think he wore down physically because of all the great defenders that were just getting consistently thrown at him and that's the reason why he didn't perform and at the end of the day I said he was the best player on the planet before going into the finals and at the end of the day if you're the best player on the planet you got to perform and he was not the best player on the planet he's not the best player on the planet that's Nicole Jokic so uh Miami obviously an amazing run yeah four four rounds rounds. Jimmy Butler you were the most amazing player on the planet three three rounds yeah the fourth round couldn't yeah fourth fourth round he couldn't Fourth round, he couldn't come through. And that's what makes the best player on the planet the best player on the planet. Can you play all four rounds? Can you play four seven-game series against no matter what defense is going on? And can you overcome it? And Jimmy couldn't do it. And Jokic, Jokic had some damn good defenders against him every single series. He had the defensive player of the year against him in the first series. Walk, dog walked him. He had DeAndre Ayton, who's – I'm not a big DeAndre Ayton fan, oh. but he's one of the best centers in the league. Uh, because there's not very many great centers, but he's one. 
but he's one of the best centers in the league. Dog walked uh, him. You had Anthony Davis, one of, maybe probably, in my opinion, the best defensive player in the league in the third round. Dog walked him. You had Bam Adebayo, all defense consistently. Dog walked him. That's why Nikola Jokic is the best player on the planet because it doesn't matter what defense you throw at him. He's going to find a way to cook it. And Jimmy Butler is not the best player on the planet because he got thrown a bunch of different defenders and couldn't overcome at the end of the day. So, I mean, you got to give it at the end of the day, it comes down. I'm not going to blame the heat at all, but he got way further than they should have got. It comes down to the nuggets being the nuggets and being the best team in basketball and being a potential dynasty, man. It's going to be so interesting to see where they go from here, but We've gone way too long today talking about this series. There was a lot to talk about, so we are going to cut it today. That's going to be it for the Brick House segment here at House Call Sports. Thank you guys so much for watching. Again, I'm going to give a shout-out to all of our sponsors real quick. The first one I'm going to give a shout-out to is StubHub. No matter the event, StubHub has the tickets for you. StubHub sports, concert, and theater tickets as low as $6. Now, I know there's no NBA playoffs going on. Now, you might think, oh, there's no more sports going on. There's no more anything going on. That's false. Now you can go to concerts. Now you can go to baseball games. We got college football coming up. We got NFL coming up. We got lots of stuff coming up where you can get your tickets at StubHub. So go to StubHub. Hit the link in our description. We make it real easy for you, okay? We put it in the description, okay? So hit the link in the description to go get tickets at StubHub today. We are also sponsored by SportMemorabilia.com. SportMemorabilia.com is the one-stop shop to get all your authentic sporting merchandise. I got a couple jerseys from there. Some hats, a pullover-type long sleeve. Lots of awesome stuff there. Nuggets fans, if you want to get your Jokic jersey, if you want to get your Murray jersey, if you for some reason want to buy a Porter Jr. jersey, if you want to get a Nuggets anything, go to sportmemorabilia.com. Hit the link in our description to get all your sporting merchandise there. We are also sponsored by Fubo TV, the world's only sport-focused live TV streaming service with top leagues and teams, plus popular shows, movies, and news for the entire household. There's no hidden fees. Go get a free trial. Browse available plans. I personally have used Fubo. I love it. You get tons of channels. You can watch tons of sports, basketball, baseball, football, hockey, badminton whatever you want to watch hit the link in the description to go check that out and if you are a bro who's up real early like i am i woke up at three o'clock in the morning this morning okay i woke up at three in the morning okay if you wake up that early okay and you want a coffee company that's not only going to provide you with everything from award-winning roasts to your necessary equipment your espresso machines your grinders your filters to your recipes as well as a coffee to water ratio calculator go to coffee bros website whose link is in our description to get everything that you need that is coffee related so go get coffee bros bro and don't forget to like comment and subscribe we appreciate all your feedback tell us what you think about this denver nuggets championship tell us where you think Jokic ranks on this all-time players and all time centers list tell us everything you want to tell us in the comments but be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms as well at the house call sports instagram tiktok youtube spotify and twitter we've got merch go meet the crew and we've got blogs up on our website our website is www.thehousecall.com and that's going to be it for us peace peace i can't know <laughs> bye celtics but uh uh what do you know like another role player stepping up for the nuggets